This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Good morning, everybody. Yeah. Great Thursday morning. Time to be up and about getting the business done, taking care of whatever you need to take care of. But while you're doing it, I hope you just tune in and be here in the locker room with me and the ninjas because on account of Max is not available the next two days. And, of course, we're going off the air tomorrow. So Max said his goodbyes yesterday. I'll say mine tomorrow. But we have the ninjas. And, of course, that would be Ninja Jacob with me. Jacob, how you doing, brother? That would be me, Wolf. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> I'm doing great. How you? You know it. I'm doing just fantabulous. Now, before we get started, one of the things you have to know about the locker room, all right? Every day when the players come into a locker room, you sit in the big locker room, and before you go to meetings, you know, you get in, you do your business, whatever. You got to lift some weights. You got to do this and that, get some treatment, what have you. But you sit around, and for a period of time, you solve the world's problems, or somebody always had a story that you kind of mull over as part of the offensive line, the, the defensive lines. Uh, you know, you, you kind of sit in your separate groups. And so you kind of just mull over these things for the day. So first thing up on the on the table here, as we're sitting around, Ninja Jacob, we're sitting around. We're, how about the first retractable lightsaber? Now I ask you, are you a Star Wars fan? Oh, I mean, I don't know who isn't, Wolf. Well, okay. Well, you know, that's kind of a rhetorical question. Uh, but, you know, that's what I do, you know. <laughs> so, so you got the first retractable lightsaber. Guy, Alex Birkin. Now, this, is a, a, this dude's a Russian-born YouTuber, all right? He created the world's first retractable lightsaber. Think about it. The lightsaber produces a one-meter plasma blade that reportedly reaches 5,072 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, does that not, like, shock you? That is hot. It, <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. That is hot. Yes, it is. 5,072 degrees Fahrenheit. And according to the Guinness Book of Records, it can cut through steel. How about that? I mean, that's what a lightsaber is meant to do, isn't it? Well, I guess so. You know, I just never thought that you'd be seeing a, a lightsaber that comes out. They say that this plasma, it's a plasma stream of high ionization particles. So this lightsaber can attract, oh, this is the down part. The lightsaber can attract lightning and other high voltage charges. <laughs> so, so if you want to go out and pull a Ben Franklin with a lightsaber, you just you might get juiced a little bit more than you ever imagined. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't want to know what it would feel like to be on the receiving end of that one. <laughs> now, the other downsider to it, all right, is the fact that um, it only lasts about 30 seconds before the, the, the charge is like, um, it, it dissipates. But, you know, this sounds like, do you ever see, of course, you had to watch the Ghostbusters. You had to love Ghostbusters, right? Oh, of course. Okay. How about when. Now, did you know they made a remake of it? Or I don't know if it's a remake. I haven't seen it yet, but they made a new addition to the franchise that came out like a month or two ago. Well, that's without Harold Ramses, or what? what is his name, Harold? Um, Harold Ramis. Ramis, okay. Well, that, now, I don't know. Him. I don't want to play spoiler here, but I, I do believe that Ramis and, and old Bill Murray do make an appearance. Really? I think I hate to play spoiler here, okay. but through the trailers, it seems like they, they are, and Dan Aykroyd as well. I think the whole three no of them kidding. are in it, yeah. Well, how does Ramis, didn't Ramis well, pass no, away? No, I think Ramis passed away, but his right. son 
I think is the one who directed this movie. Okay. Yeah, so okay. not Ramos, but Aykroyd and, and Bill Murray. You know, I thought maybe they were going to do one of those CGI things with Ramos, you know, and just have them, because it is the Ghostbusters, and they would do something, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I love that one scene when they were on the elevator, right? So, it, you know, it was like uh, Harold Ramos tells Bill Murray not to cross the streams, and Dan Aykroyd, too, right? Of course. Remember, because they got those, uh, those whatever. The la- whatever those streamers are, yes. yeah. Don't cross the streams. And he said, why? He said, imagine every cell of your body exploding outward at the speed of light. <laughs> now, I don't know how that would compare to a lightsaber, what would you call it, a lightsaber injury? I feel like any injury sustained from a lightsaber would be deathly. I think so. I mean, think about it. If it can cut through steel, if it is 5,072 degrees Fahrenheit. So what? Uh, so that must be like a hot knife through butter on, on on a human, right? I would think so. Now, is that how, would that be like, would it cauterize the wound? Or would it just like... Oh, are uh, you saying it would just seal up on its own from the heat? Well, that's what I'm wondering. If it's a clean cut, you know, you know, you got like those sushi chefs, you know, when you see them, they hack away and boom. You know, I wonder if it like cauterizes well, it cuts off. I don't know. That's a deep but hey, question. Wolf. Yeah. So you teased this a little bit earlier. We have a little special announcement on behalf of SNR oh. for our big buddy Ben. So why don't we give that a listen, all right? Let's do that, okay. shall we? Uh, with the 11th pick in the 2004 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Ben Roethlisberger. Steelers first-round draft choice, Ben Roethlisberger, took off the headpiece and started taking snaps from center Jeff Harmon. So, looks like he's up, guys. I just want to play football and, and give it everything I have. Ben's going to run the quarterback throw. He's down to the goal line and into the end zone for the Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. Boy, you got to be impressed with this big Ben Roethlisberger. I hated the name at first, but now it's so easy because that's just what everyone calls you. You say Big Ben, everyone knows it's you. So you don't have to say Ben Roethlisberger. It's kind of nice. Keeps people from not saying my last name. (laughs) An unbelievable play. Ben did to Houdini. He just threw it over everybody in the end zone. Touchdown. Pittsburgh Steeler legend. Here's the give to Jerome. He has it. Oh, Oh, the ball is pumped. And the Colts pick it up. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Nick Harper has it. He's running. Big Ben can't go. He tackles him. He tackles him at the 43 yard line. If it wasn't for Ben Roethlisberger making a shoestring tackle, the game's over the other way. Those of you guys that have been here, you know that's how we do it. We pick each other up, offense, defense, special teams. Young guys that just got here, that's how we do it. Eight seconds to go. Steelers down by three. Ben gets the snap, rolls right. He looks, he runs, he dives. He's in. He's in. He's in. He's in. He's got a touchdown. What a play call at the goal line. What a job Ben has done today. He has been like a maestro out there. Ben is taking the spike. Touchdown! Touchdown! What a play that was. I saw it, but I can't believe it. You should see all the Cowboy players standing around their hands on their hips. They can't believe it. Ben is back. He waits. He looks. He throws it for the near sideline. It's caught in the end zone. And in the shotgun, Steelers trailing by three. Second and goal at the four. He's back. He pumps. Throws it over the middle. The pass is... Touchdown! 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 Tou
think we're the best in the world. Let's go take care of our business today. Have fun doing it, all right? Love you guys. Ben. Blue to Gets the snap. He scrambles around, throws it back corner of the end zone. Santonio with a touchdown! Santonio home! I don't know how he did it! Hey, you guys are the best fans in all of sports, bar none. Hey, we love you guys very much. Thanks for all your support. We appreciate it. We got a chance here for Ben to take a bow. That sweet-looking formation, the victory formation. Ben steps in. One last hurrah. He takes the knee. Heinz Field is so special to me, just like this city is. These fans in this place, it just it means so much to me and my family, and uh, always will. Thanks to number seven for all the memories from your 24-7 audio home of the Steelers, SNR. Well, there you have it, Wolf. That that message can only mean one thing. <laughs> right. As right. much as we've contemplated it over the past year or so, officially, just minutes ago, Ben Roethlisberger announces his retirement for the National Football League. Wow. How it's does official. that feel to hear the word official in front of it? Just it's the closing of an era, the end of an era. You know, um, wow. I, you know, there's so many, as I'm listening to Billy, to Chaluch. To yourself. What, was that me? I didn't even. <laughs> I was wondering who that other guy was. <laughs> no, I, that was Max. That was uh, Max. Okay, there you go. I'm sitting there going, yeah, Max was playing, I think. <laughs> for some of those Max goals. was playing in a lot of those games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm just listening to this, and I, first of all, the, the absolute excellence of Ben's career just stands out. You know, Jacob, the very first thing is you hear that the, the amount of huge, ginormous, and incredible plays that he was capable of making and participating. That's the very first thing that stands out, and it's highlighted by the excellent, the unparalleled uh, Bill Hillgrove and Tunchilkin. I mean, the, the two of them together, what a bookend of, of bringing to us the very best of what Ben had to offer. I, I just thought it was sensational. I cannot tell you a memory I have of Ben that isn't paired with the narration of Billy, Tunch, and you, Wolf. There, my entire life growing up, you associate Ben Roethlisberger, you associate the success of the Steelers, you remember each and every play, and the only reason you can do so so vividly is because of the calls made by the three of you guys. Wow, isn't that something? I mean, to hear Billy and, and, and Chaluch, and, and I guess uh, there's a couple there that, that I, I get it on, but the, the, you know, the, the excitement that it just they convey, and I, I love it because it's, it does capture what's happening on the field. You know, and I mean, everything from how about the indie game? You know, what was it, 05 or something? When, uh, 05, yeah. 05, 06 <laughs> playoffs. Yeah. When, when Ben comes back to make the tackle on Nick Harper, I mean, and you hear Chalooch in the background yelling, oh, no, somebody stop him. And Billy's giving the, you know, the yard by yard and this and that. And then in the background, you're just, you got to stop somebody, stop him. I thought that was just tremendous. That, just tremendous. That is what live broadcasting was meant to be. Not yes. just to idly stand by and, and do a monotone play-by-play. You have to react as if you're one of the fan, as if you're one of the people nationwide watching that game. And that's exact what what Tunch did. The scream. Oh, 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 oh no! <laughs> that's exactly what all of us did. 
Well, that was a great I, I remember exactly where I was at that moment. I was at my friend's 10th birthday party at a bowling alley in the South Hills. And I remember all of us watching that game together. And, the ent- and you know, we were just a bunch of first graders at the time. Can you believe that? We were just in first grade. A bunch of first graders wow. with the rest of the bowling alley filled. And the entire bowling alley, eru- I mean, we, we don't give a cra- we don't give a, a who's who about bowling at that point. We're right. watching the game, and the entire bowling alley erupts. Oh no, no, no! What are you, what are you doing? No! I couldn't. Uh, I, I I was I was only ten years old, and I and I will never forget the 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 complete whirlwind of emotions i felt in that moment i don't know i don't know if anyone could ever forget no matter how old or how young you were that's something tom and i always talk about on our show on, on the standard that and what by the way when they when can they catch the standard they can catch that 3 days a week my friend yes. 3 days a week you get 3 episodes per day usually monday wow. wednesday friday tomorrow obviously uh because max will be out Tom will be joining you on the airwaves, so we already hit our Monday and Wednesday. We won't be doing a Friday show, but by golly, next week you can you can bet your behind that we'll be doing a lot of Ben coverage. I mean, we already kind of did all of us together with the drive and the standard and the blitz and now the locker room since the season has ended, contemplating or, or, or just revisiting Ben's career, but now that it's official. But something that we hit on our, our show just earlier this week was that was one of the first vivid memories that Tom and I had of our entire Steelers encyclopedia, if you will, because we were so young. I mean, you can only kind of start to remember certain things at a certain age. Right. And by the time you hit kindergarten, oh my God, well, when I was in kindergarten, we had already gone to, what, one AFC championship game against the Patriots? <laughs> uh, it's It's remarkable how much early success we had on as young kids, but that was the first, oh my gosh, this is what it means to be part of Sealer Nation moment just because of that game was one of the wildest endings to a game maybe ever. I mean, we just witnessed one of the greatest weekends of collective football with all four right. of those divisional round games. But my God, that Indianapolis game, there, there is, I don't think, anything like it that I've ever experienced since. You know what I remember about that game so much was there's a couple of instances. Number one, as they're getting ready to hand off the bussy, I was moving towards the uh, – the goal line, mm-hmm. you know, just expecting, okay, touchdown and this and that. So I'm on the sidelines down there, boom, boom, right? The ball comes out, and I hear, as you so a- accurately described, the great call by Tunch, by Billy, as, you know, the excitement, the the, the absolute stark fear in Tunch's voice is, no, somebody's got to stop him. So I'm moving towards the bench, and the bench has just erupted because this was supposed to be the icing on the cake before heading off to Denver, right? Oh, yeah. All right, so what happens? I look over behind the bench, and there's James Ferrier behind the bench talking to some Steelers fans, giving him his – he was about to give him his gloves, I think it was. And his helmet or no, not his, his helmet, jersey. Just his, just his gloves, you know. And all of a sudden, this this happens out on the field, and James whips around and just leaps over the bench. Give it back, give it oh, back. yeah, exactly. He leaps over the bench, and he goes up to Dick LeBeau and – Calm as a cucumber. I'm watching. I'm thinking, this is going to be absolute for next. But he was so calm. You know, when Mike Tomlin talked about the fact that Potsy Ferrier was the alpha male in the locker room and of that defense, he wasn't kidding because he was the guy that really 
was able to make sure everybody's on board, everybody's calm, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. And what he did was get everybody collected together before they went back out on the field to put the stufferation on that drive by the mm-hmm. Colts. That was just that was just unbelievable. The second thing that I remember was Vanderjack, the kicker. Oh my goodness! I'll never forget when when uh, they went to freeze him out. Okay, mm-hmm. they, they took all the time out. He turns and he makes some gesture. I can't remember what it was towards the Steelers sidelines. It was very the you guy. Know, I mean, I've never seen a kicker that cocky. Yeah, he was very a guy that didn't deserve to be that cocky either. Let's not forget he he was good. He was on the highest scoring offense, but he it wasn't the highest scoring offense because of him. It wasn't like Justin Tucker on the Ravens. Exactly. And he was so cocky, and he'd made some sort of gesture, very cocky, towards the Steelers' bench. He lines up, and I couldn't help but laugh my butt off because he shanked that so far it went into Illinois. Oh, I mean- my gosh. Well, hold on. Let's let's think about this. Let's think about this geographically. we got to get it correct. So was that the north end or the south, south end of the RCA dome? And is it north end or south end? Facing east or west, so that could hit up. That could have gone all the way up to Michigan. You know, I mean, Michigan is right above Indiana. I don't but is really it know. Illinois to the right, correct? Illinois is to the left. Oh, I'm so bad. With, who's to the right? To the right is Ohio. Oh, that's it, Ohio. All right, as you see, yeah, that ball might have been kicked all the way back to Heinz Field for that. Matter. Oh, for crying out loud! All I remember is that. Is is Tunch always said geography was my worst class because I couldn't find them. <laughs> well, I mean, every people need to know every day when we're coming in here, we have an assumption. We can assume which studio we're in, but there are no assigned studios. And every day, I just gotta kind of lead you to the right room. And you know, I always come in, and you're just kind of okay. Where, where, do, I I go? where, do, I where do I go? Where do I go? All right, I think it's time for a break. Yes, we are going to be back with more. And listen, you don't want to miss any of these Ben tributes at the top of the hour. This is about all Ben all the time today as we salute one of the, if not the greatest quarterback in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers and one of the greatest in the history of the NFL. So we'll be back with more after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. It's just me and the ninjas. Max, or Maximilian Starks, is on personal reconnaissance. He's shut down for the end of the season. And designated for assignment. <laughs> that's right, designated for assignment. But we, we, that meaning me and the and the ninjas, we're still on the job. We still have some work to do. Someone's got to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. And because of the fact that you, you know, are, are so on point, I think we need to get our Ben tribute out there at the top of this hour. What say you? Uh, I mean, I could listen to that thing over and over and over and over again. That is one of the greatest pieces of audio I've I've ever had the pleasure of, of, of listening to. I mean, we've all gone back and watched whether it's all 22 or, or right. rebroadcasts of games, but something like that where it's just the perfect compilation of, of your calls, too. I, I mean, it, it always feels different when it's your hometown radio broadcasters right, right. attached to the actual video footage. Right, that all because there's more emotion to it. And, you know, national guys they have to be unbiased. They have to be neutral. Now I know it's harder for some guys who do it because a lot of the guys in the booth are former players. They 
lean a certain way, but for the broadcasters of a team, they they what they either grew up rooting for that team or they played for that very team. Right. And it, it obviously it comes out in a big way when listening to you and listening to Tunch and listening to Billy. Well, the biggest thing about it is for both Tunch and I, you know, the privilege of being able to work as a broadcasting team after 41 years of friendship that began as when we were drafted together in 1980. Uh, as I always like to remind Chalooch, I was drafted in the fifth round. He was drafted in the sixth round. You know, so. I don't know how – I should start <laughs> mapping how long you go without mentioning that because it, it's only been 24 hours since you last mentioned it. You, I, uh, yesterday. Yep. It was only yesterday you last mentioned it. So that's good. That's probably a new record, to be honest. <laughs> You know, it can't help it. You know, Chaluch and I, we just had such a brotherhood, such a tight a tight um, uh, uh, family relationship between his family, my family, and uh, all things Wolfley and all things Ilkin. And so stuff like that just comes out all the time. And, of course, were he here, he would respond by saying, and remember, he would say to me, he would say, I was the one that graduated from Indiana State. You just attended Syracuse University. <laughs> So there's truth in that matter. But the beautiful thing about it was, you know, the privilege of being able to broadcast for mm-hmm. the team that you played for. And the fact that, you know, we grew up in a, in a time when we came right after the last of the four Super Bowls in the 70s, 1980. And I'll never forget because we knew the chief. We got to know the chief, Mrs. Rooney, Mr. Rooney. Um, you know, the DMR, uh, the, the whole Rooney family sure. was one incredible group of people who just really poured out a lot of love on the players. And it was really uh, very much a family-type thing. And there, it was so special. It was a If, if there was a Camelot time of, of uh, the Steelers, that was one of those Camelot times when it was very special to have the Chief walking around the practice field, having a stogie, you know, talking mm. to the players and this and that. It was it was very, very special. So it's been a privilege. It's been a great honor. And uh, I just love and enjoy the fact as you play our Ben tribute, we can um, talk about those great moments that, Bren, that Ben brought to this city and the excitement that's inherent in the broadcast. Uh, absolutely, Wolf. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I, I'm curious – you know, over the next coming weeks, everyone's going to be talking about Ben's favorite moments. But was there anything off the field that stuck out to you that you always associate as a, as a, as a very fond memory of Ben? Maybe something you saw in practice or something that you guys did just together as, as one of the, the faces of the franchise and Ben and, and you being a part of the integral bar- broadcast team. Is there anything like that? I'd love to know. I lo- Well, I sit here every day and listen to your stories. You're telling me you can't sit here and tell me a story or two about Ben Roethlisberger? You know, I can I can say this. You know, there's a couple that stand out, and one of them was when I first uh, when I first interviewed him. <laughs> okay, you got to go all the way back to '04 when he was <laughs> when uh, you know he 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 was drafted, and so Tunch and I were doing a uh, you know stand up for Steelers TV, <laughs> and Tunch asked him his first question. And back then, Ben had hair with, I don't know, it was a different haircut. And you know me, thoughts run from my brain to my mouth like a gumball machine, right? So it's my turn. I look at Ben and go, so, what's up with the hair? Uh, (laughs) he looked at me like I had three heads. And it was hilarious. Well, for those who don't remember, you know, 
for people who have seen you recently see no hair. Yes. But they don't know the, the, the locks that you rocked back in the day. Back in the day, man. I had all different kinds of hairdos. It was great. So, we all we all know it. We all we all remember it. So it was so funny when I said that the band. It was just but you know, uh, it, it it began a, a you know just a, a informal relationship, just seeing him grow from a young man uh, to man, from not being a team leader to a team leader, from not being anything more than a first round draft pick to being a Hall of Famer. I've got an opportunity to watch that happen, and <laughs> you know one of the things that I that I loved about him was you if you want to go from the very beginning to the very end when I last saw him, it was mm-hmm. just um, it was a, about a week after. Uh, Chaluch passed away, and uh, it was a, a really hard time in my life. And I, I came back and was watching a little bit of practice, and um, I couldn't have been there more than a few minutes. And he walked over and gave me a hug, man. And it was just, mm-hmm. it was such a personal because I know he loved Tunch, and Tunch loved yes. him. And uh, it was just such a personal moment of grief sharing. I, it was a beautiful moment. I thank him for it because I know that he loved Chalucha's, you know, and as Chalucha loved him. And I, I can tell that even though that you guys have been a, a a big part of this franchise's history, both on the field and in the broadcast booth, but even so, regardless of that, I think there's just something different about wearing the black and gold. Yeah. It means something different. And, and that's why the show was named in the locker room because stepping into that locker room on the North Shore, whether you did it at Three Rivers or you did it at Heinz Field, you can feel the sense of history behind it. Yes. You know the men who stood there before you, and I think there's a bond that even if you never took the field together, you can still feel a, a special connection that you wouldn't get through playing for other franchises in this league. You know, DMR said it best. That's uh, the ambassador, uh, Mr. Rooney, mm-hmm. said it best. Once a stealer, always a stealer. And that was just a precious reminder of the great gift and honor that we were given to be able to wear that jersey, to be able to wear that helmet, to be able to go out there, whether it was Three Rivers or Heinz, Heinz uh, Field there, it was something special. The people of Pittsburgh made it special and continue to make it special. And that's what Steelers Nation is all about. It's the coming together of a fandom that mm-hmm. loves the, the franchise, the Roonies, and the fact that uh, all Steeler fans are welcome. I'm glad you you mentioned the fans, too, because I don't think this franchise would be where it is today without the fans. And I say and I say that humbly as or or from a fan's perspective. I had grown up with this team and it was the first team that I fell in love with. It was the first team that I got to witness win a championship. It was the first team that I it truly made me understand the, the love and passion of sport. I don't know where I would be without this team. Well, if I don't know where a lot of us in Pittsburgh or, or who played from this team or from other from around the world or around the country would be without this team. I mean, we we know the audience of this show. We know the following CR Juan, all the guys who call right. into the show almost every single day. It means something to them. This yeah. is not just a, a, a this is not just a logo. This is something far more, something that people bond over and unite around. And it and and I hate to sound so sappy here, but I really do feel for other franchises they that, that, that they do not have that bond because of of their team's history, like the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
You are exactly correct. You know, Jacob, one of the things that I remember when I moved in the starting lineup my second year in the league, um, there was created a uh, I don't know, group of guys that just took a, a liking to me for some reason. and they. You started... don't say people just liked you out of a whim? <laughs> I, that yeah. makes no sense to me. When I met you... Gosh, I was. I walked in day one. I said, "Okay, this is day one. Tomorrow will be day last." Because I I can't stand being in the same room as this guy. <laughs> I have that effect on a lot of people. <laughs> That's hence I am in a studio all by myself <laughs> as we speak. The small one too, <laughs> as as punishment. Exactly. I feel like I'm wearing the studio rather than sitting in it. But you know, the funny part was they 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 had this group of guys that uh, they started a Wolfley's Wolf Pack and they'd hang a sign from Three Rivers, right? Mm-hmm. So. What happened was they, they met, and it, actually the formation of it was because my mom and dad would sit together in the game, and my dad would get agitated at times and go, the kid is screwing up, and my mom, no, he's not. And my, he did it again. No, he didn't. And so they, my mom would get up and walk around because she needed to just get away from my dad, let my dad you know, just scream mm-hmm. and yell and everything else. Well, she met this group of guys, and here these guys were like, they're like truckers. They're like okay. um, cement guys, you know, ca- working in cement factory stuff. And, you know, they were just they're just hard, tough guys that, that were regular Pittsburgh dudes day by day getting the job done. And they would sneak into three at like four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> go into one of those maintenance closets or something. And they would have a few adult beverages. They waited for the stadium to open. And then they'd come out and they would stand, you know, uh, in, in, in behind the end zones, you know, up in the, you know, the, the tiers where there's, you know, you could, people could stand and watch, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they started hanging out. And my mom uh, had met these guys while she's walking and they're like, Mrs. Wolf, we will take care of you. You just hang here, you know, mm-hmm. and it was so funny. And I'll never forget the time my mom said, you know, honey, they had some really funny smelling tobacco there. They were smoking some cigarettes. You don't say. <laughs> I was like, Mom, you know, don't breathe that in. <laughs> but it was so funny because that was the Steelers fans. You're mm-hmm. in Steelers country was the biggest uh, banner that hung from, you know, out the, you know, for, for uh, you know, the, the, the fans would hang their banners. And it was just always a reminder that uh, the, the Steelers and, and the, the people of Pittsburgh were one and the same. You know, I, I love that you were able to find your own little fan club, Wolfie's Wolf Pack, and that makes me think of Franco's Italian Army. And, mm. I, and I think the, the special thing, another special thing, about this franchise is you can find a little Wolfley's Wolfpacker or Franco's Italian Army or or Ben's Brigade, something like that, for almost every single player that's played for this team. Right. People appreciate the effort that 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 athletes give when they don the black and gold. They're like I like we you and I have mentioned before, there you can feel the history when you step into the locker room as as a member of the club. And you want to honor that shield. You want to honor that logo. You want to honor the, the the black and gold or the red, blue, and yellow steel emblems. And I think because of that, you can find a little fan club of every single player or almost every single player. You know, there there are guys out there who love, you know, the the third string wide receiver or oh, yeah. the or just or just the right tackle. You know, how about Zach Banner every time he lined up? That I think that exemplified it when Every time you see in every NFL stadium, you hear, you know, this lineman reported is eligible. It happens every single every single NFL game. Right. Since the announcement has been ruled that you have to make it official. And only in Pittsburgh do you hear the crowd <laughs> erupt 
for number 72 reporting is eligible. Absolutely. I just think that's so special. That's a great point that you make, you know, because it, it's not about the biggest stars because they certainly was nothing like that. But, the, you know, the fact is you've got people who, you know, you you meet some people and then mm-hmm. they just start following your career, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just because the, the Steelers fans, if I had, if I got a buck for every time somebody came up and said, you got to see my Steeler room. You oh, know, everyone's got it. Oh, but they, they show me like, a picture. I, I oh, live in goodness. an apartment, but I have like a Steelers corner of my bedroom in my apartment. There you go. You, you can't help it. No, it's you something that you're born with. You know, it was handed down. There's there's little little family, uh, you know, trinkets that the mom, dad, whatever the mm. family. I, how many people have come up to me and said, you know, that game in Seattle. Remember when you got that holy call? But that was the day before my cousin's wedding. <laughs> You know, and they 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 have these points in time of great games mm-hmm. and something that happened in their life or meeting the 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 family. You know, my dad passed away just before this game, and mm-hmm. you know we we were at the funeral, but we were running out to the lobby and watching the game, and it was it's precious moments like that because it was Steelers, it's family, it's just what the chief always used to say, what uh, the ambassador always used to say, it's faith family and football mm-hmm. and those things cut those three things come together in the lives of the Steelers fans and the players and the front office and it's a beautiful marriage for all uh points in between and I think you. without that this franchise wouldn't be where it is today no absolutely not it was grounded in in, in um in, in faith and it was grounded in family and it was again grounded in football and those three things absolutely come together. So mm-hmm. I think we need to take a break there. Do we, uh, do we have to? Yeah, Wolf. we're having some fun, though. We're going to have some more coming up. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, if you haven't heard the news, Big Ben's made it official. He stepped down. Come on, Wolf. He hasn't heard the news. I mean, this is Steelers Nation we're talking about. These people breathe for any news whatsoever. <laughs> whether, it, whether it's, oh, the, the lawn was just caught on Heinz Field. <laughs> How about that? A nice fresh sod out there. Yep. No doubt about it. That, if, that, if that tweet gets it out, that's getting 20,000 retweets uh. at the minimum. I don't even know what twenty thousand retweets is all about. That's a pretty good pull. Is it? It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good uh, coverage there. Okay, all right. Well, I'll take your word for it, Ninja. Nin- that would be Ninja Jacob because, uh, as everybody knows, uh, Max uh, is on in parts unknown and he's on his own personal reconnaissance. Uh, he entered the off season a little bit earlier than me. We and that would be me and the ninjas will finish up tomorrow. But certainly today is all about Big Ben retiring, making it official, and uh, we're going to have uh, we're going to have the the coach coming up, uh, Tom Bradley, at the top of the hour, uh, discuss a little bit about that. We're going to have Jerry Dulac from the Post Gazette who clued me in this morning, and I didn't have a clue. He sends me a text. He says, "There's something big coming up." And he's, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, whatever, you know, it didn't even, no, <laughs> it just never. You know even... what I bet you were thinking? I bet you were thinking that lawn, man, it's gonna get a fresh cut as soon as the snow melts. <laughs> That's it, boy. I can't wait to see that sod get out there. Oh my goodness! So isn't that funny? You know, Jacob. One of the things that I remember so much about Ben. I mean, when you think about, it, I always think about his toughness, his leadership, mm-hmm. and his ability. I mean, his talent. You know, those three things go together. 
You know, one of the things that I, I loved about him was he grew from being just a superstar to a real senior team leader. You know, he would real he literally his leadership skills, he 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 he, he it was like it was like water wearing wet. You know, it's just who mm-hmm. he was and that's who he became. And I, I appreciate that because, you know, when you have that type of ability to raise the level of the people around you, because every locker room has multipliers, dividers, adders, and subtractors. Mm-hmm. And certainly the guy that's gotta be your keynote guy has gotta be the man that learns to become that leader and is a multiplier of those around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my day, Joe Green was a multiplier of men out of probably just out of fear. <laughs> those around him, but you know the fact is you've got to have those leaders in the in the locker room. And it one of the things that I, I say always distinguish the Steelers franchise from most others is the leadership that was exhibited from the locker room. It was a culture in the locker room of winning, of self-sacrifice, of uh, being good teammates, accountable, all those things. And it existed from the times of Terry Bradshaw Mm -hmm. right up through Jerome Bettis and on to, you know, today's modern uh, era type guys, you know. And that's that's a significant part of the culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolutely, Wolf. There's something I always remember about Ben from, as I said, a very early age – was I could even though I was so young, I could recognize from 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 2005 on the guy was a leader and the guy was a winner. Yeah, he just didn't want to do anything else other than lead his team to victory. I mean, you come out of a draft and he wasn't the first overall pick. He wasn't even a top ten pick. People forget he wasn't among that class of of, of guys who can who can claim I was a top ten pick in my in my year's draft class. But he came out and he he recognized the team that he was playing for, and he said, "By golly, I I know that Terry won four. I gotta do the same, right? No one's gonna remember me if I can't do the same, or <laughs> yeah. I, at least don't strive to do the same, and then more so." Who says that? I mean, you don't see these guys coming out of school. You don't see guys like Baker or Lamar or even Joe Burrow or Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, who came out of schools, who were all top ten picks, saying. I need to win four championships in my time here. They, they say I, I want to. I want to help the team. I want to help the team win. But they don't set a goal like that from day one. And that's exactly what Ben did. And I remember too watching him in, in that playoff run lead the team. I mean, physically and mentally lead that team. Even though he was what only twenty three years old at the time of his first Super Bowl win, mm-hmm. they were going. Everyone on that team was going to Ben for guidance. I, I don't know what is in his DNA that made him so good at it, but I don't know a guy that from the age of 23 was able to do it as effectively as Ben was. Exactly so. You know, one of the things that, again, I look at him, as you said, he's a winner. Number one, he's a winner. He's mm-hmm. got some of the all-time wins and everything. But I think about Super Bowl forty-three in Tampa Bay, and I'll never forget before the – just after um, what's-his-name took it to the house – that would be uh, uh, James Harrison. No, no, that oh, was oh Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. Okay, okay. Yes, thank you for for helping the old man out here. Yeah, Larry there were Fitz. a couple of times guys took it to the house on a long play. So he did. He took it to yeah. the house. So I'm standing down around the 35 yard line, right? So I'm hanging out there, and all the hogs are massing, getting ready for the kickoff. You know, the kickoff return and head out there. And I remember Ben coming down the line 
And actually, actually, Max was echoing him too. And he was saying, we're built for this. All right, this is what mm-hmm. we do. We're built for this. You know, for this last, it was like two and a half minutes to go or whatever it was, less than three minutes, I think, to be able to go down there. And, it, and like Ben said afterwards, he said, I thought, what did they said, what did you think? He said, I thought they left me too much time. And boy, they were right. Absolutely. I mean, I hate to bring this up, but in Super Bowl Forty Five against the Packers, right. when the Steelers had just, I think, just about two minutes left to go, I thought, great. I, I don't want to be in any other position than I'm in the one right now. Two minutes ago, Ben's got the ball in his hands. That's it. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way, but we were all thinking it, right? We had yep. seen it before, not just in the regular season, not just in the playoffs, but in the Super Bowl, he had done that. Two years prior in Super Bowl 43, but we don't need to focus on 45. We can enjoy 43 here. (laughs) Think about this. Let me throw this out at you, all right? Because when he threw that touchdown pass to uh, Santonio, right? Santonio, I mean, you talk about growing toenails. It was at that moment. That's how good that toe tap was. But I remember after the game, B.A., Bruce Arians said, there's not two other people in this world that could make that throw. And everybody forgets how good Ben his arm was. Mm-hmm. What a great, what a great gun he had. Sure, because you know we what think a great about improviser on the, uh, with his exactly, legs that he was. He, exactly. He's not remembered for his accuracy. He's remembered for his his arm strength and his ability to escape pockets. But I I agree with you, Wolf. That play is the defining moment, and it's so of his career, and it's so great because it highlights. A third aspect of his game that isn't as appreciated as much as the others. Exactly, you're talking about his his talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean his arm, his mm-hmm. ability to improvise, to extend plays, all those things. Yes, there's no doubt in my mind. What I loved about that too was you want to talk again. There's the winning aspect. He was just a winner. He almost willed their, his guys to win at times. All right, there's also the leadership that he exhibited. Guys, we're built for this. You go down the field and, you know, uh, you're making the throws and everything else. He threw the play before that, I believe it was, he threw to Santonio who dropped it in the end zone on the other side mm-hmm. to the left of the end zone. And I remember I talked to Tone later on, and Tone said, I know he's not coming at me. I know he's I'm just, you know, he's like kicking himself. He's like, he's like down in the thing. And all of a sudden he says, I'm split out to the right, and I see Ben give the nod or whatever was the, the, the little, you know, the, the hand movement mm-hmm. that was, you know, just to, to uh, connect with him. And it was like he couldn't believe it. And he made that throw, which, again, B.A. was incredulous over what it was to get it over the top and, and drop down into the corner there. And I'll never forget standing at the 15-yard line there as they're viewing reviewing the instant replay to see if Tone actually got his toe tap down. And it was Heinz Ward standing with Santonio Holmes. And I'll never forget, I was thinking, this is like Super Bowl forty MVP handing off maybe to the Super Bowl forty three. That's MVP. a great way to look at it. Was it was just wow. crazy. Yeah, it was just so awesome. Wow. I, I wish I could have seen that. The TV angles, no matter how no matter Despite the billion camera angles they have, I don't know if I've ever seen that one uh, from that game. And honestly, Wolf, just talking about it, it makes me want to go back and watch it again just because. <laughs> it was a great moment. It's the, it's the greatest memory I have as a sports fan. As much success as this city has seen from all three of its franchises, the Steelers, the Penguins, and the Pirates, that, that one sticks out. 43, even though I got wow. to see Super Bowl 40 as well, 
Super Bowl Forty Three sticks out among among all of them. Exactly, and it that was that, just that so great. It was just the I I it was just the perfect encapsulation of of who Ben was. He could lead a team. He could do it with his improvisation on his feet. He could do it with his throwing power, with his throwing accuracy, and then he won the game. Everything you want in a quarterback, Ben used and Ben exhibited, and that resulted in a Super Bowl win. And you couldn't, you can't ask for anything more of your quarterback. No, it was just, it was tremendous. And there's other tremendous moments. And when we come back, there, before, there are tons more. Oh my, oh God. yes, that's that's the, that's the one. <laughs> but oh my goodness, are there a lot more to discuss? There is so much more. And when we come back, we're going to have the coach Tom Bradley in the house, and we are going to play that tribute again. So that you can hear and enjoy the excitement. I'm going to fall asleep to that tribute every night before I go to bed. (laughs) You know what? I might have to get my own copy on that one. (laughs) All right. Let's take a break and we'll be back with more. It's me and the ninjas. That would be Ninja Jacob in the house here in the locker room. We'll be back after this.